It's Wednesday the 30th of November. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. Shana, how are you? I'm good, Timmy. Now, we all know you're one of the hardest working men in media, but uh, last night you were hosting the Australian-Lebanese soccer team launch. You can't find an MC gig. Oh, it was fantastic. Well, you know my heritage, of course. My mother was born there, so I feel uh, a real connection. And look, it was sensational. There's this group of young guys. They'd be ranging between 15 and 19 of um, Mm -hmm. Australian-Lebanese heritage. And they're going on a tour uh, across to Lebanon this Saturday to play 10 games. It's fantastic stuff. It's through the Australasian Soccer Academy that has seen Mitch Duke come through. Mitch Duke come through the academy. Uh, Christian Volpato. So uh, we wish them well. I've still got the drums going. The drums are still going in the head, but uh, good luck to them all. Uh, on the subject of football, the World Cup, what about Qatar? They've gone out in straight sex. <laughs> not over there. Not over there they don't, mate. I'll do that again. <laughs> Got to leave that in. Uh, still on the subject of football, Qatar's gone out in straight sets. $360 billion they've spent as well. Pierce Morgan having a little bit of a rip at Cristiano Ronaldo and the Manly Sea Eagles. Well, they're going to take a more conservative approach. In life, the most important thing is trust. Without it, everything is a lot harder in a quickly changing and turbulent time. Barclay Pierce Capital is a safe pair of hands, an organisation built on people. They understand you've worked hard to build your nest egg and their asset management business is tailored to suit your needs. Their services help grow your wealth in order to provide long-term safety and security for you and your family. BPC, just a phone call away. Are you thinking about making a podcast? If so, contact the Afternoon Sport Group. We'll make it easy. With the technical know-how and industry knowledge, we'll get your podcast up and running in no time. Get in touch via our website or email hello at afternoonsport.com. So the World Cup rolls on, of course, uh, all eyes from an Australian perspective on tomorrow morning, Shane. uh, We need at least a draw. Uh, against Denmark to progress, and that obviously means that France have uh, beaten Tunisia, but uh, a win will definitely get them through. But this morning, Qatar has had three straight losses, and uh, look, you know, article after article of things that have gone wrong over there, including $360 billion spent. Mate, it's huge, isn't it? So, yeah, so Qatar bow out. Um, the worst performance ever by a host nation in a, a football World Cup. Um, but as you said, they have torn up $360 billion. Um, they were the Asian Cup uh, reigning mm. champions since 2019 in Qatar, but the choice by their coach and by, I suppose, the executives in and around that team um, to almost isolate leading up to the World Cup and not play normal matches has totally um, uh, destroyed their, their performance in this World Cup. And as you said, Timmy, they bow out the worst performance ever. Cristiano Ronaldo, um, he might be trying to get Brett your brother to bowl to Pierce Morgan again. Uh, he's been criticised by <laughs> Pierce. He's always in uh, the news, isn't he, Cristiano? I mean, the fact that he's such a superstar, I suppose, just means that doesn't matter what happens, uh, he's going to get press. Yeah, for sure. And you can see where the guy has lasted so long, obviously playing in his fifth World Cup here, but he's claiming that first goal, he said it did nick his head. Um, just touched his hair and uh, he said so. That should have been a goal to him. Uh, but Portugal defeating Uruguay 2-0, um, a huge match for them. They're, they're going all right, Portugal, and uh, 
yeah, you just, I just have a funny feeling. You never know with um, Cristiano Ronaldo. His uh, plot in 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 soccer has always been positive, and um, yeah, he's, he's going to be right there towards the end of this competition. I think. Yeah, and, and look, the the video evidence almost says that he didn't uh, get a nod. Mm. Pierce Morgan's has weighed in on it as he always does, but uh, you know he loves the controversy, doesn't he? I I, I enjoyed watching Brett bowl to him at the MCG that time. Um, <laughs> I, know, I know I shouldn't, but it was very good to watch. <laughs> there were more people watching that than there was watching the cricket. Um, yeah, okay. So all eyes Socceroos Denmark tomorrow morning. There'll be alarms set going off all around the country. So go Graham Arnold and the boys. We're with you now. First test starts today. Not that anyone really knows. <laughs> Look. Look, three men and a dog. Look, how many tickets have been sold to this first test? Australia versus the West Indies in Perth. Not many, Tim. Not many. And I don't know why we're playing the first test in Perth. It always used to be in Brisbane. And it's all these lead-up games that have really destroyed the, the, the real structure of, of the cricket summer. I think people are confused. They don't know when the cricket's on. Um, it used to be that first sort of week in November and, and we'd had the first test matches, I said, in Brisbane. Mm. Then we'd look forward to rolling out. But they're trying to fit two test series into the summer, starting in Perth. And, um, yeah, it's really, really confusing. It's disappointing because I always look forward to – I generally try and get with my mates on the on the first day of, of, of every cricket summer and, and, and watch the first ball bowled. Mm. But, yeah, it's just really, really confusing. Yeah, last day of spring, and I just don't know whether that many people mm. know what's on and and whether they care all that much. I, I, look, the focus will obviously crystallise as we get closer to, uh, you know, the Sydney Test and Boxing Day in South Africa. But yeah. The whole idea that the West Indies may not be very competitive as well. And uh, the whole Justin Langer thing keeps swirling. And I think he's got a TV role with Channel 7 on the Test match. So that's going to make it even more interesting. Sure will. Uh, and Pat Cummins has come out and uh, commented on Justin's words. And he said, Pat Cummins, and I quote, there are no cowards in the Australian, test, in the Australian cricket team. And a true, uh, I suppose, response to Justin Langer's comments saying that he believed that guys like Pat Cummins uh, and Aaron Finch didn't um, have the balls to talk to him directly and it basically called them cowards, not sources in the media. Um, and as I said, I think Justin Langer just needs to zip it. Maybe he's, this is his, his new future now. He's going to be an outspoken media person. Yeah, and and as a coach, a former coach, what does it what does it say about your legacy if you're slagging players? Mm. But, you know, that's just that's just the way that the script will read uh, going forward. I think, um, don't you think? Oh, I do, Tim. And 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 the fact that Justin Langer's always trade off the fact that um, you're there with your mates. You know, him and those images of him and Matty Hayden arm in arm, and they're best mates, and you, you do anything for your for your teammates, and you, and you you die for live. You're falling a sword for him. And he's doing exactly the opposite in now, now that he's been sacked. He's bagging them all. Well, some, I don't, I don't yeah, care. and sometimes you just got to cop it, don't you? You just got to eat the sandwich. Yeah, you just have get to. Get over it. Yeah, now, um, Phil Jakes is, uh, well, he's is he the patsy? He's, he's the guy that's lost his job at New South Wales. A couple of pretty poor performances. He's the coach, of course, Phil, former teammate of yours. Yep, and, um, and, a, and a very good player. And I thought he was a half-decent coach as well. Um, but New South Wales have lost their first five Sheffield Shield games. Um, so head of cricket there, a guy called Greg Mayo, former player as well, has uh, has sacked him, and they've brought in interim coach Greg Shippard. Now, Greg Shippard knows most of the players because he's coached the Sixers for many years, mm. um, so he'll come in and take over the Sheffield Shield role uh, and probably do a dual role with that and the Sixers. Yeah, you wonder if there's been a blow-up with someone, don't you? Because uh, mm. they don't tend to just happen like that, do they? State coaches going out the door backwards. No. Uh, stay with us. We've got plenty of tennis, AFL, NRL, and much, much more. 
The new Elite Bet app has arrived. It's got all the betting features you expect and new ones you're going to love. Elite Bet is your one-stop shop on race day with Hot Bet, where you can back the tips of proven winning punters. Build fast sports multis and play same game multis. The Elite Bet app is the smoothest betting experience around. Trusted for 10 years, Elite Bet is 100% Australian owned. The only betting app you need this summer is Elite Bet. Gamble responsibly. Well, Nick Kyrgios, uh, he didn't go to the, the Davis Cup, but uh, he unashamedly told the world about his uh, six-figure payday um, coming out of the Middle East. And look, you know, I don't want to go and bag people for earning money. Uh, I'd love to see him play the Davis Cup, but it's hard. It's, you know, the, the, you know, it's an opportunity for him to, to to earn dollars. And who are we to criticise sometimes? Six-figure sum that he got paid uh, to go to an exhibition match in Saudi Arabia, but uh, with all the talk around, um, he, he could have been there, and we could have he could have won us the Davis Cup. The thing with Nick Curious, mate, if you say Zig, he'll say he'll he'll zag, and um, and that's just the way he is. I, I think he he loves the controversy. I think, or I, I can't believe that he's not smart enough to actually understand what he's saying. Mm. He's he, he's got to be doing it for a reaction. But you're never going to tell him what to do. He's going to do his own thing. I think if we don't understand that by now, we'll never understand Nick Curios. And it's a difficult corner of the world, isn't it? I know that they've got lots of money, but he has been quite generous through his charitable stuff. And we, you and I, have both said that Cameron Smith did the right thing. And sometimes when it's about earning money for you, your family or whatever, it's it's a difficult one. You can't blame him. And he hasn't won. This is not a new thing, not playing Davis Cup. He hasn't played for the last three years. He wants to do his own thing. He's preparing for his own tournaments. And he said, I can go there and earn a big bag of cash. And and I've got to say, good on you, mate. Good on you for doing that. That's up to him. It's his career. Dale Thomas, Dale Daisy Thomas, was a was a great player. He's a great character. I do quite a bit of work with him, AFL legend, and um, he's shown that he's got a bit of a romantic edge, old Daisy. Well, I'm not sure about that. He did get down and finally propose. <laughs> um, his his longtime partner. He's played. He's a bit of a Collingwood Carlton legend. Played 258 games, um, but finally got down on one knee, and uh, it was captioned, "It's about time." <laughs> and his girlfriend said yes. So she's been waiting a very, very long time for this. But hey, you got to make sure it's right, Tim. Don't want to rush into either of these things. Oh yeah, we've got to talk about proposals one day. But uh, I proposed to Josie down the snow, so we're at Perisher, and every time I went to go and ask her, the snow machine went out the front. She couldn't hear me. It was, it was like it was something out of a comedy. Finally, I had to sort of go right up and yell. Ah, uh, thank God she said yes. Um, yep. Now rugby league, the Manly Seagulls are keen to distance them, themselves from any future Pride Round decisions. Um, this is possibly a smart move. Uh, they, you know, look, nothing against some of the, you know, initiatives and, and you know, raising awareness. That, that's, mm. you know, for me, I think a lot of it's done in the right spirit and the right thing. But you need to do it in unison with your playing group and with the actual league itself rather than go rogue, which they which they did last year or this year. Well, uh, the new CEO, Tony Mestrov, and um, this is early doors, but – Finally, I think we're seeing a bit of leadership from the Seagulls uh, executive um, and board. The problem being the past, the Seagulls, they were all over the shop. There was no consistent message. But Mestrov has come out and he said, uh, anything to do in future Pride rounds will have nothing to do with our club. It'll ha- it'll be a decision made by the NRL. And he's putting it back to them. And he said he's going to be totally inclusive 
and he's got to communicate right through the club to everyone. And I think that's a really, really positive start by Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Now, Cameron Smith, he's a superstar golfer. We we love him on this show. Uh, he's joined that growing voice against uh, the, the absence of world rankings. This is one of the legacies, or not one of the legacies, it's, it's one of the things that have gone the way, uh, or, you know, and got in the middle of the whole blow up between the Live and the PGA is that there's no real world rankings happening at the moment. Well, there's not. And it's, it's actually, when they do get given points, it's not equal. So, but Cam Smith, very smart guy, I think. He doesn't come across that way for a lot of people, but he's just come out and said that the absence of these world rankings is going to affect the next generation and these young emerging players coming through um, it could be really detrimental to their, to their careers. For example, when Cameron Smith won the tournament the other day, he only earned 10 points, where Rory um, McElroy, McElroy earned 45. So it's it's not equal. But he's really standing up now for this next generation of kids coming through and said, we need to earn points um, for, for the Australian championships um, and give these kids a chance of playing in the bigger tournaments. Now, I know there was a fair bit of swearing in it. It's not very politically correct, but... Oh, I'm still crying today about watching these two blokes go at each other at the Cranbourne Club Championships. Go and have a squiz at it if you uh, you don't mind a little bit of blue language because uh, uh, it, it, it did tickle my bone, uh, Shana. What did you think? These two guys playing in the club championships and they've gone each other and uh, the histrionics of the bloke that actually started it all afterwards, it was dead set like he wrote the script. It was hilarious. And uh, it was down to, I think, the guy from behind hitting up on him. <laughs> and they both had their chests puffed out, and they were coming to each other, they going to smash each other's heads in. It was, it's hilarious to watch. You don't normally see this sort of stuff on the, on the golf course, Timmy. It's normally the UFC. I know. And the guy's come up to me, and he's, and he's swearing in his face, and the bloke has just sort of said, well, get out of my face. And then the, the guy that started all goes, he's threatening me with violence. It was like, I'm shaking. I can't hit the ball. I, I urge everyone to stay calm and carry on on the golf yep. course and respect your fellow golfers. Uh, now, finally, Chad. No, um, Tommy's getting into it. You're young, Blake. He's enjoying golf. He is. Uh, and I've been taking him. Um, he's only seven, my son Thomas, and he loves his golf. But he loves driving the golf cart. That's 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 an exciting thing. But I'll, I've let him, for a couple of golf games, um, take a little seven iron now and, and um, a putter. So he has like a chip and putt, and I'll, I'll play the main part of the hole. Um, but my wife found him on Sunday, unbeknownst to me. He got into my golf bag. And got a couple of golf balls and a couple of tees and found my old three wood. And he was teeing up on the council bit of grass at the front of my house and driving balls up the road <laughs> in Glottaff. <laughs> I went out there and just grabbed him and said, what are you doing, Thomas? Oh, look, and, look um, out the odd Camry. Uh, I don't know what what houses he hit or what cars he hit, but he said he hit a couple of long ones up the road. So <laughs> let's just say I didn't go and search for those golf balls. For... That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. Big thank you to our sponsors. <laughs> Fantastic sponsors. Barclay Pierce Capital, they're only a phone call away. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Mr Dan McHugh, back on board tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to Afternoon Sport. If you enjoyed the show, why not check out one of our other podcasts, like the Building Resilience podcast. 
Noel Allnup, the CEO of Securo, explores the minds of world-class performers in order to deconstruct their life tools and ethos that can help us create growth and optimise business. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts or head to afternoonsport.com.